We're going to read a scripture tonight, Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. Listen, we're going to go straight into the Word of God uh, tonight. I want to speak about a, 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 a simple subject, yet profound. Sometimes it's the simple ones that, that are very profound. So we're going to go right, right into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, follow along with your own Bibles, uh, maybe on the screen. We're going to read from chapter 1. Um, it's the time where we understand that Satan tempts Jesus. Verse number one, the Bible says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness uh, to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Uh, now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command, command that these stones uh, become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And verse number 11, then the devil left and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Amen. A familiar portion of scripture when the devil tempts Jesus. So I want to speak along those lines tonight, if you would listen and hear the word of God. See, just the word temptation has those kind of connotations kind of wrapped up with it. Uh, in a way, it sounds like when you say the word temptation, it's, it's almost as if you should say it with like a whisper. Temptation, right? Has that kind of eerie kind of feeling about it. Temptation has that kind of linkage with you. And when you hear the word, you understand that it's not going to be a battle in doing something that is right. And usually people are not tempted in doing things that are right. You never hear anybody go home and there's a pile of dishes on the table and they say, you know, I was tempted to wash the dishes. You don't really hear that, right? You don't really hear that too often. Uh, you know, you go home, you see your neighbor's car, it's all muddy and stuff. Like that. I was tempted to take out the soap and, and the water and just wash your car. I was tempted to do that. Come on, you look in your bank account, you've got a fat uh, 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 savings account and you look at somebody and say, I was tempted to just write a check for a thousand pounds and give it to you. Doesn't really work that way. When you hear the word temptation, you kind of get a connotation, those old cartoons that have like a, an angel on one side, a devil on the other side, and it's always to do with something that is wrong. Usually when you talk about temptation, it's talking about doing something that is wrong. The definition to tempt is to entice someone to do something they find attractive, but know that is wrong or unwise. See, that's the level of temptation. That's what we're getting into. And temptation really has a lot to answer for, if you think about it. In this day and age we live in, temptation has a lot to answer for. It's the reason why some people find themselves in financial crisis. 
You know, they were tempted. They walked across something and they saw uh, 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 that bag. They saw that, um, that dress. Come on now. They saw that new car and they're tempted to spend money that they don't actually have. You know, at the end of uh, 2021, um, they did a survey on the amount owed in the UK. And the end of 2021, the UK owed 1.7 trillion pounds. Come on now, some of us have got those debts in our, in our bank accounts there. So listen, if you spread that across everybody, it turns out to 1.7 trillion pounds. Now we know some of that in that day, you know, 2021, it was due to COVID, you know, people locked at home, just buying online even more and more. But 1.7 trillion pounds is to do with people looking at things that they should not be looking at. Signing away checks and signing away payment plans that they have no business signing because of temptation. Temptation is why some relationships are impacted. Because we don't have to look too far until we see uh, people bringing something or someone into a relationship that should not be there. Because temptation has people looking outside and now all of a sudden, uh, when you look inside, you're thinking, mm, the grass looks a little bit greener on that side. But how many know it's green over there because the person takes care of their grass, there's maintenance involved. That's why it looks greener. If you took care of your grass, maybe it'd be green as well. Can you say amen in this place? But temptation is why some people are impacted like that. You know what? Temptation was why when I was in school, uh, uh, I, I was quite short. And when you're short and you have weight, you look round. Come on, I don't know. Listen. That was, my, that was my thing. But listen, if I go back, I don't have to make no excuses. I don't have to say I was big boned or nothing like that. I don't have to make no excuses. The reason was, I'm being real with you. The reason why I was around because of temptation. Come on. I remember going in and I would want to go buy something for my mom. She sent me to the shop and, uh, and I walked past the bakery aisle. Now, those of you know, when you walk past the bakery house, some smells come, the aromas come. And before you know it, I'm eating a whole bag of cookies. You know those ones that you share with people? I didn't share the cookies with anybody. That was me back then. Temptation was the reason I was overweight. Temptation was the reason I, was, uh, I couldn't control my weight. But thank God I'm trying. Amen. I'm controlling my weight right now. Amen. But temptation has a lot to answer for. But where does this come from? Where does temptation come from? Where does this originate? We look at James chapter 1, verse number 14, and reading in the New Living Translation here, it said, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. It says, these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So a few things to take out of this scripture this is our own desires. When we're tempted by something, it's because it's inside of us. It's not external. We can't use the blame game approach here. We can't blame somebody or something else. Bible says uh, temptation comes from our own desires. Um, and the second thing to take from that is um, when sin is allowed to grow. In other words, uh, we have made room for sin. We have made room for temptations. Um, then it will grow into something. We protect it. We feed it. Um, and now all of a sudden we are Drawn away by our temptations, the most important, the important choice we have is we need to understand this and we need to keep those temptations in check. We can't play the victim game here. We're being led astray, but it's by our own desires. 
And we need to be aware of it. We need to be aware of the issue to be able to withstand it. In the same chapter or same uh, book, James chapter 1, verse number 2, the Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it uh, an opportunity for great joy. Yeah? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing uh, nothing. So here we're presented with one of two things that would grow in our life. Either it's going to be sin that's going to be allowed to grow in our life or it's going to be endurance. The question is, what is growing in your life? What are you feeding in your life? What are you protecting? What are you sheltering in your life? Is it sin being growing strong and heavier or is it, uh, is it uh, endurance? Are you able to stand and withstand against something? Is it something that will uh, push sin away? It reminds me uh, that uh, you speak to people uh, or you've not seen family members for years. Maybe you've uh, got a niece or nephew or little cousins. You've not seen them for ages. You go back, uh, you come back and they're massive. They see you think, what happened there? And the reason why is because growth uh, is visible. You can see growth happening. You can see it happening. And there are uh, things we go through in life uh, that you can see it literally growing in people's lives. Maybe you've not seen someone for a while. You come back and see them again. And you're looking at their life thinking, what happened to you? If endurance is growing, you can see, man, you are a different person. You used to be strung out on drugs. You used to be crazy. You used to be talking to Now you're, you're uh, living as a man of God or a woman of God because you've grown in endurance. But then also, on the other hand, you see the other way. You see when people allow sin to grow, you go back to them. You say, what on earth happened to you? Because growth is visible. Now, you have to understand there are main areas that uh, 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 we are tempted. We understand that the, the devil, we understand the devil is real. If you didn't know that, I'm telling you that now. It's not fairy tale. Devil and the demons, they are real. And what is worse is they have an agenda against you. And the devil knows that he wants to try and trap you with your own desires. So what might tempt you might not tempt me. Um, you know, I, I won't get tempted by walking past the bar and, and seeing him pulling a nice cold pint. Doesn't do anything to me. But for some people, it might be something that you'd be itching, right? So we have to understand we're all different. But the premise is the same. It is our own desires. And we see this all throughout the Bible that people were tempted. The devil has the same strategy. Right at the very beginning of the Word of God, we see Adam and Eve who were tempted. Of course, that was the beginning of the separation from man and God. In the middle of the book, we see, in the middle of the Bible, we see Solomon. Uh, the Bible says uh, the wisest man of all time, he was tempted by women towards the end of his life. We see all the way up to Jesus Christ and we see the account we just read where the Son of God himself was tempted. You see, the devil still uses that same strategy today. His strategy to tempt and test and take people away. I want to look at three main areas in which he does this. I want to go back to our scripture and have a look at the strategy he uses or he employs or he employed against Jesus. And it's going to help us understand because if, he can, if we understand his strategy, then we can have victory over the enemy. Can you say amen in this place? Look at verse number three of our text, Matthew. 
Um, the Bible says, if you are the son of God, this is the devil speaking to Jesus. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And see, what the devil is doing here is tempting Jesus' flesh. We understand Jesus is God himself, but he is God in the flesh. He's fully God, but fully man at the same time. Some people have trouble understanding that, but that's what you've got to take it as. He's fully God, yes, but also fully man as well, which means he has fleshly desires. And the devil was saying to him, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And we have to understand the temptation at this time because the text tells us that Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Now I've said this before that it's a weird situation that you can go throughout a day and you can actually, you're so busy you can forget to eat and it's just, oh man, I've not had dinner. I'm going to have it now. I've not eaten all day and it's fine. No problem. But the moment you say, listen, tomorrow I'm going to fast, it all becomes different. You wake up at, at, at whatever time you wake up, 7 o'clock, by 5 past 7, you are starving. Come on, because when it comes to something, you said in your head, I'm going to fast. All of a sudden, you know, food, you're, you're looking at food everywhere. Every ad that you see on a billboard when you're on the bus, looking is, is to do with a food product. You walk past, somebody's offering you food. Maybe you go to work and that's the day they decide to order in pizza for everybody in the company. Because when you're fasting, your eyes just, just lock on to all sorts of things. So you have to understand this temptation. Jesus was fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. And the devil said, listen, just turn these stones into bread. Nobody's going to see. You see, the devil will target your flesh because it's an area of weakness. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus asked the disciples to pray and keep praying. But they kept falling asleep. And this is when he said those famous words, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? It's weak. The flesh is our area of weakness. The flesh is an area that the devil will desire to get a hold of. And if he can get a foothold in there, then he's looking to gain access into your life via the back door. The devil will tempt your flesh. And the flesh is what's connected to this world. It is the sinful nature that we're all born with. It's the thing that keeps us in a constant battle. And the reason the battle is so tough is because the battle is with ourselves. Sometimes you'll be battling your mind. Oh, I'm trying to, I shouldn't do I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't go there. I shouldn't have this. And it is our flesh more time that is trying us to drive us and go through to places and do things we should not be doing. What would I be thinking if I was Jesus? There'll be the conversation between me and myself talking about these stones. I could just click my fingers right now and change these stones into bread. You see, one of the uh, fascinating things about the body is, I mean, this, this body is so fascinating. How God designed it and knit it together is fascinating. Eh? But the flesh really, just the flesh on its own is consumed with pleasure. It's always about pleasure. And there's a neurotransmitter called dopamine that we have. What it is, it sends signals to other parts of the body and it's responsible for that uh, satisfaction feeling. Whatever you get that satisfaction from, dopamine is responsible for that. Uh, if chocolate is your thing, uh, when you get home and you rip open that Mars bar or you rip open that Snickers, whatever your thing is, and you have that first bite, that feeling of satisfaction, uh, dopamine is flowing through uh, your bloodstream. 
Dopamine is something is dangerous because it is it is has no morals. Dopamine doesn't have any morals. There is no morality. It doesn't care how it is satisfied. It just wants to be satisfied. And you know they're making connections between humans and animals, saying that we evolved from animals. I refute that because my Bible tells me I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a creation. I am made in his image. And the reason why I reject it is not only because the Bible says so, because it's just nonsense. You're telling me uh, uh, that I came from an animal. And what that does, it reduces us then to animals. And then animal instincts become okay. Did you want to sleep around? You go around and sleep around. Come on. Somebody's angered you. You want to punch him in the face? Go ahead and do that. Hey, it's just, it is what it is. You're an animal. Now, that's the flesh. That is the flesh. And we have to have dominion over our flesh. But the devil will tempt us in our flesh. He'll also tempt our faith. Look at verse number six of our text. Bible says, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You see, the devil is trying to use the very foundation of what you believe to believe something different. This morning I spoke about the knowledge of God and how things are trying to exalt against the knowledge of God. Well, here the devil will throw things at you to try and get you to misunderstand the Bible, misunderstand what the preacher says, misunderstand certain doctrines. And now all of a sudden the foundations you believe believe about God, the foundations you believe about Jesus are now shaken and now up for debate, literally truths that you should build your life on regardless of the situation may come into debate now because of what somebody said or because of what some YouTuber has put out there and you've taken in and now all of a sudden you're conspicuous, now you're, 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 you're weary about the things of God. Isn't God is God regardless of what anybody says. God is God when it's cool to be a Christian. God is God when it's uncool to be a Christian. When it's unpopular to be a Christian. God is still God when it will be against the law to be a Christian. We have to understand that whatever happens, you can throw whatever it is, I need to stand fast or hold on to my faith. The saddest thing is when I see people leave church or leave their Christian faith and they, because something has happened to them, now all of a sudden God doesn't exist anymore. I thought I'd have this by now. I thought I'd be in this place by now. I thought I would be where this, I thought I'd be where, but now God doesn't exist anymore. The devil will tempt your faith. He'll tempt your flesh. He'll tempt your faith. And I want to speak about the last F. He'll tempt your focus. Look at verse number eight here. It says, Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Uh, worship is very interesting. I've, I, I believe I've spoke about this before, but you know, praise and worship is something that's very dear to my heart. I love praise and worship. I love the time, uh, you know, especially with a band like this we have, amen. We're able to worship God effectively. Come on now. Praise God. You see, because I love it so much because we are all designed to worship. Um, and we do all worship. The difference is the direction of our worship. 
When you come into this place, uh, we want to make sure that your worship goes to Jesus. That's what we want to kind of direct. Um, you could go into another place. You can go into a football stadium and your worship will be directed to the football team. Isn't we trying to, uh, sometimes we see uh, Brother Toby or Brother Nissi trying to tell people to raise your hands and, and all of a sudden people forget, oh, I don't know how to raise my hands. Take them to the football ground. Everybody's raising their hands. They're, they're throwing it up, raising it up like they just don't care. Listen, people know how to worship. But if the devil can kind of say, okay, worship, but just, just worship him instead of God. You know, it's so, it's so in your face. They have TV shows called uh, Pop Idol or American Idol, or people have a poster in their bedroom and say, oh, that's my idol. It's like, are you understanding what you're saying? It's ridiculous. You look at videos now of a, a, a Michael Jackson concerts when he was alive and stuff. You see people fainting, crying and stuff like that. He just walked past. They were like fainting. Oh my goodness. It's like, what on earth is this? That's worship. That's what that is. One of the things we do when we sing songs here, we, we mention a name. You know, I love, the, I love songs that mention the name Jesus. I love that because uh, sometimes even in, in, in certain uh, praise and worship songs, we don't know who we're actually singing to. You could, it can sound so nice. Uh, it could sound just like a love song. It's like, I love you. Okay. Hey, wait, who, who are we talking about here, right? So I love, sometimes when we sing praise and worship, I love when we mention the name Jesus. Just so everybody knows, we're singing to the one that created. Can you say amen in this place? Just so everybody has it. There's no mistake here. We're worshiping Jesus Christ. I make no apologies for that. But when you listen to some of the lyrics of the songs today, dear Lord, it is praise and worship. It's praise and worship, all it is. All you got to do is shift a couple of uh, uh, words. You, you put Jesus in there and it becomes a fantastic praise and worship song. Because that's what we do. Uh, the main areas the devil will tempt you. He'll tempt you in your flesh, he'll tempt you in your faith, uh, and he'll tempt uh, your focus. So the question is, how do we overcome or how do we get out on the other side? How do we beat uh, temptation? Uh, well, let's look back at our text. Uh, and it's found at the very beginning, verse number one here. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Led by the Spirit. It all comes down to the Holy Spirit. It all comes down to being guided by the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, how do we withstand the battle of the flesh? Well, look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. We'll start from it. says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It says, then, uh, this sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires uh, that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, uh, you are not uh, under obligation uh, to the law. It's plain and simple right there in black and white. Uh, the Spirit will guide you into things uh, that will... Uh, uh, build you up, that will edify you. And it is the flesh that would guide you into the things with your own desires, the temptations, you know, that will cause bondage in your life. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, be guided with the Holy Spirit. How do we beat the flesh? Well, we walk in the Spirit and we deny the flesh. 
You know, fasting is fantastic because what you're saying, you know, the most basic need we have, one of the most basic needs we have is sustenance, is food. And sometimes for a period of time, we say, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to push away the plate just to have a bit of dominion over your flesh and say, you know what? I rule here. I'm going to walk in the spirit today. Yes, I know you're hungry, but I'm not feeding you today. Tomorrow I'm going to do that. It's not a weird cultist thing. What you're doing is you're having dominion over the flesh and you're saying, I can control this. So it's no longer driven by, I need this, I need this, I must have it. No, you're saying, I'll give it to you when I'm good and ready. Have dominion over the flesh by walking in the spirit. How do we withstand the battle against faith. Well, look at John 14, verse number 26. Bible says, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you everything I have told you. So if we're getting distracted by false doctrine, if we're getting distracted by debates people are having, we're told that the Holy Spirit will be able to teach us all things. He'll be able to pull out things from the Bible. The Holy Spirit will be able to give us a direction, discernment, so we understand what is good, what is right, what is proper. If we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, He'll be able to teach us all things. And the last thing then is how can we withstand the battle on our focus? Well, here is John 4, verse number 24. Bible says, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the answer to the question, the answer is how do we beat the temptations of life? Well, that is we need the spirit of the living God. And we thank God that Jesus, when he ascended to the right hand of the Father, sent him, sent him the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, so that we can live here on earth and not be overrun by evil, not be overrun by our own own desires, not be overrun by temptation, but we can stand strong even in this fallen world because we have the Spirit of God living inside of us who gives us the strength, who gives us direction, gives us power, gives us discernment so we're able to withstand the wiles of the enemy. Listen, just as Jesus was fully man, listen, he understood what it meant to be tempted but he overcame by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I speak to you here tonight, the way that you're going to overcome temptation is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have to understand that each and every day we need to be filled with the Spirit so that we can be the men and women that God has called us to be. Don't let temptation take you off the path that God intended you to stay on. Don't let temptation ruin relationships. Don't let temptation ruin all that God has planned for you. But instead walk by the Spirit of the living God and we can overcome come temptation. Just give him praise right now in this place. Thank you, Jesus. And I say that to say this, that temptation is real. You're not weird or backslidden or wrong or unholy if you are tempted. But we also must know that God will never allow temptation to come upon us more than we can bear. In other words, God is up in heaven. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father saying, you can do this. You can come through this. Think about temptation. It feels like, no, I can't. I need this right now. It's like, no, no, you don't. 
You're not going to die. Uh, one of the things I used to say, uh, you know, is uh, I had this thing. After I eat, it's like I need something sweet. I need something sweet right now. I need it in my life. Otherwise, I'm going to die. <laughs> I figured out, listen, no, I wasn't going to die. <laughs> That's the flesh talking. Um, and sometimes it's good to just put your flesh in check. Say, yes, I know this is what you're feeling right now. But no, not right now. We're going to box that up. And we're going to walk by the Spirit. And as we do that, we can walk in dominion. And we cannot be, we're not thrown here or thrown there. We can live out through the temptations of life and be all that God has called us to be. Let's have victory over temptation tonight. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Temptation.